Welcome to Spanish, this is your boy, Slim Skywalker, if you got here, sports, anime, music, this is the spot for you, I want to thank y'all for tuning in, I want to the second episode I got, and it'll definitely be an enjoyable one, so without all the theatrics and stuff, I want to hop in and get straight to it, you know, this one, I'm pretty much just going to talk a little bit about, you know, some sports, anime, and music, as always, but... I'm going to talk about a few players and some teams and how this MVP race is going and how this rookie race is going. So just to, you know, get this get this thing started, here we go with uh, the sports. Obviously, like I told y'all, Dwayne Wade is my favorite player. And something about him that's been pretty cool is him starting this one last dance tour. And literally every team that he's played against so far this year, if it's their last game at that team's arena, they've all done a tribute video. And to be honest, it looks like he has a whole nother year in him left, maybe two. But I think it only looks that way because he's enjoying himself and having fun knowing this is it. Because dude is... is Catching dunks like it's nothing right now. And he's enjoying playing with, you know, the rookies he came in with and just seeing how they grow. You know, I believe he came in with uh, Bam out of Bayou. Well, Bam came in before Wade left. Uh, Justice Winslow and Josh Richardson, they've been having, you know, pretty good seasons. Drogic finally got healthy. Deion Waiters is finally healthy. And uh, what Whiteside just came back, and he's actually playing pretty good. But I think this season is just, for him, is just an attest to how well and how great he's been throughout his career. Because it seems like even with the game on the line, he's their first player that they're going to go to to make a big basket. And speaking of big baskets, that game when he hit against Golden State was crazy. And when he said something about how he wanted to thank Kobe for showing that that shot is possible, I remember that game because I was completely upset that show that Kobe hit all the way jumper at the top of the key for three to win the game. So seeing that happen, especially to Golden State, is pretty pretty interesting um one of the young players i think needs to do better is ben simmons he doesn't have a jump shot at all and he's averaging you know he's doing good he's playing pretty freaking good but he needs to take a page out of uh Giannis's book and if they give you an open shot shoot it like I didn't have the most reliable jump shot in the world, but I worked on it enough that if I got the opportunity to take that shot, I was going to take it. Make or miss, you got to put a little bit of fear in some team's hearts and let them know, hey, I will shoot it. And you mess around and I hit one or I hit two, you actually got to come out here and guard me. 
And we see it with a lot of players that don't develop a jump shot. Their careers end up being short or they they're not as effective as they should be. I mean, Dwayne, look at Dwayne Wade, for instance, you know, Kobe Bryant early in their career. They were players that relied heavily getting to the basket. Kobe probably had a, definitely had a better, you know, mid-range game early in his career than D-Wade, but you see as their career progressed on, after a few injuries maybe, they were like, yeah, I definitely need to get a jump shot so I'm not taking as many big hits. And yeah, Ben Simmons is a freaking huge point guard, but still, when a defense can just game plan and say, I'm going to sit behind the line and just you know, let you stand up there and dribble and pretty much it's it's pretty much just like you cut yourself out of the offense in a sense. But that's, you know, a little enough about him. One of my favorite players in the league right now is Clay Thompson. Well, he's been my favorite player for Golden State for a while now. But what I find interesting is he might be luckiest player in the league. And by that it's he gets overlooked so much because Kevin Durant came in and then all of a sudden Boogie Cousins comes in and everyone forgets about him, but it's almost like his role really hasn't changed. He's always been expected to uh, put up numbers and then turn around and play defense. It's just he's getting less shots with all, you know, these superstars on the team and he's content with it because when his number gets called, he's shooting lights out and, and he's obviously one of the best shooters ever, but what made clay one of my favorite players is when he was going on tour over in China, just living his best life. And not a lot of players can do that and then still be productive. So that right there, I found pretty interesting. You know, that's my little take on play. Now, the interesting stuff. The Lakers this season, it's been crazy. I think them getting hit with those injuries when they did and the whole Anthony Davis thing, the timing of all of that just was bad. Like, real bad. Because I think they were, like, third or fourth in the West before LeBron got hurt. And all of a sudden, everyone's like, oh, gosh, LeBron's going to be out for this long. He might be done. But we've never had LeBron sitting out 18 games. He'd probably miss, you know, two or three games. But for that stretch of a period... And then for him to come back, and I think Lonzo ended up getting hurt. And it's just like the whole team, like their chemistry was just out of whack. Then New Orleans pretty much wanting the Lakers full roster and everyone saying, oh, this is LeBron's fault. No, you can say what you want. Yeah, it might be a little bit of LeBron's influence, but I'll put the onus on Magic. There comes a point in time and place where you have to tell a player to worry about playing and let me deal with the roster. You notice 
when LeBron was in Miami, he was, oh, well, well, people were thinking, oh, they're going to get rid of Eric Spolster. But Pat Riley pretty much came up to the mic and was like, no, nah, this is the coach that we're going to rock with. And I'm behind him all the way. So y'all either going to step up and continue to be a player or we going to have issues. Miami went on to win two out of four championships. And I don't think Magic has that backbone. Or he's too scared to tell, you know, a 34-year-old LeBron who's probably just now starting to get that chink in his armor. You worry about playing. I'll worry about this roster. Because the Lakers, they have a talented roster. It's, it's bad how underachieving they are doing right now. But don't get me wrong, LeBron is definitely one of the greatest players ever. We criticize him on how we should play and how we shouldn't play. But that's not him. He's not that player that you want to take a contested all-the-way three-pointer like Kobe would. And Kobe would make him. He built, he built his legacy off of making those shots. That's not LeBron. LeBron is going to look for the great shot, not the good one, the great shot. And he's he's built his career off of that. And you can't expect him to all of a sudden go to L.A. and just do that. It's it's highly it, it's 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 not possible. It's not in his nature. But at the same time, I don't think him not being what L.A. fans are expecting him to be should be held against him. Another team that is underachieving, but a lot of it, I feel like, has to do with just the timing, chemistry, injuries, and, you know, players not really knowing their roles or knowing them but not comfortable with them, happens to be Boston. And everyone's like, well, they have all the talent and this and that they have, you know, they put all this money into Gordon Hayward, you know, Kyrie Irving's healthy this year. You know, they have a full squad, but you have to look at it like this. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum got an extra bump in their development last year when Gordon Hayward went down with that ankle injury first game of the season. And you can't be mad at Gordon Hayward or you can't criticize him too much right now because this is his first full season playing after the injury. Then on top of that, he's playing with a completely new team. And the rest of the same can be said with Kyrie outside of Kyrie missed, you know, like the last two months of uh, the season last year for his knee. And all these players that, Came to step up, you know, Terry Rozier was doing his thing. Jason Tatum made a name for himself in the playoffs. And you have those two players who could go to a different team in the league and be be awesome players. Jason Tatum could be an all-star. And you're expecting Jason Tatum to have to take the backseat to Gordon Hayward, but then you want Gordon Hayward to be that perennial all-star that he was after coming off of an injury, which normally people don't aren't 100% a 
over an injury just from the mental aspect until a year after, unless you're obviously, you know, Paul George or a DeMarcus Cousins, as you can see. But not every player is able to do that. Then you have to put into, you know, play that Kyrie is is ball dominant. And Boston, they relied on each other for scoring until it came crunch time. And you had that one definitive guy who happened to be Tatum. And now everyone's learning to, they have to redefine their roles again. And it takes a while for that because you have to, players sometimes have to get rid of their egos, which is easier said than done because you got to sacrifice a lot to do that. And it's, it's interesting. Like I said, it's interesting to see it because once that switch clicks for Boston, I, it's, it's going to be scary. Like it'll be very scary whenever they, you know, get over that hump. And Brad Stevens is in a, you know, a rock between hard place because last year that talent was undeniable and they actually have to win now the way everyone wants it to be. So he he has some work cut out for him. Now, my last part on this whole sports thing is this um MVP race. And it's been it's been a good one. James Harden's been on this crazy tear. They're what a fourth in the West at like forty one and twenty five. Um, then Milwaukee is first in the league at fifty and seventeen. Oh, I got that wrong. Uh, Houston is is third in the West. OKC is fourth. At forty and twenty six, but uh, yeah, that's my other MVP candidate is uh Paul George, because he's he's been playing out of his mind, and I think whatever it is he did to convince Westbrook to you know play second fiddle and and just take a back seat because when I'm on and it's time for me to do what I need to do, he's. Westbrook has done it, and I think they have an understanding, or I think it's more Paul George is is more emotionally equipped and somehow, like I said, has Westbrook's trust. You don't see, you didn't see that with Kevin Durant, which is not a knock on KD because we see it today. Every other press conference, he's complaining about wanting to do this or the media needs to stop always doing this. We just want to come play basketball, which as a player, I get that part. But at the same time, you have these people who are spending millions and millions of dollars to see you play. Yeah, they're going to ask you questions. They're going to annoy you. But as long as they don't cross any lines as far as the way they go about it, you can't really cry too much because at the end of the day, you put yourself in that position for you to be this global player for you to always make these statements and want to be considered one of the best players. You have to, you have to take the good with the bad. So anyways, Paul George has been having a hell of a season. He's done it. And he's made everyone forget about Westbrook's so-called pad statin or stat padding, as you like to say, to where he's averaging a triple double. So, like, those are my three players for, you know, MVP. I feel like 
Giannis is going to win it because Milwaukee is just taking it to a whole nother level. And he's he, he's playing like a monster. I mean, he's taking, he's taking jump shots. He's shooting the ball. And it might not look like it's going to go in right now, but I guarantee you'll see it start to, you'll see those shots start to drop because the only time you actually get that game feel is during games. You you get the muscle memory and everything just from working on it. So I think Giannis is going to be, he's definitely going to be MVP. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if James Harden stole that, you know, and swooped in because he went on a tear, a mean scoring tear when everybody was out. And like I said, they're third in the West, and it, it ain't no cakewalk to be in the West, even to be in the top five in the West is an accomplishment. So for him to kept them afloat all this time and then turn around and you get Paul George, I mean, not Paul George, Chris Paul back is big. Now, the most interesting race, I can't even say it's interesting race. I think it's just been a two-man, you know, event the entire season. It just took a while for the second one to actually get into play. It happened to be Luca and Trey Young for the rookie of the year. And it's funny because these two players were traded for, you know, got traded for each other. Obviously, Luca ended up in Dallas and he's been consistently playing at a high level all year. And it took a while for Trey Young to actually get, you know, his feet under him enough to where now you're almost like, wow. Yeah. It wasn't a bad trade for either team. And I think Dallas getting uh Porzingis was big. Shoot, they get one more piece and Porzingis is healthy. Those guys are going to be scary. So that's enough about sports right now. One thing I've actually been excited that I was able to get caught up on was the uh, show Sword Art Online Alisazen which is the third season, I want to say. And it's been pretty good. I, I liked it more. I mean, it's sold right now on Hulu, but it's it's been pretty good. It's been a lot better than I was expecting it to be. The first episode was like 50-something minutes, and I'm like, oh, crap, all these episodes are going to be this long. But it's been good. I mean... FYI, you don't have to watch, you know, Sword Art Online 2 to understand this season. Sword Art Online 2, I feel like, was just a bunch of filler episodes because it was uh, like the Gun Gale Online thing. And that was just, that was just, I don't know, just something to keep people occupied. And, but this one, this, this season's actually been pretty good. I like how... Katie Toes kind of had to start all over again. And this time it's pretty much him and his friend Yujo. Or Yujo. I don't know how you say it. But I don't want to spoil it too much for you, but it has been pretty good. I've enjoyed it. I like the I like the whole concept of it. And as you start to watch it, you start to realize how how they, I don't, I'm not sure how to explain it, honestly, but you understand what 
you understand why a lot of people start to fall in love with anime. Like the storylines are actually pretty good. Like they're they're awesome. One of my favorites that I'm actually ready for this next season to come out is uh My Hero Academia. And one of my favorite characters, honestly, my second favorite character is Todoroki. Like, he's the truth. No ifs, ands, or buts. I mean, Deku, yeah, by default. And a lot of people obviously love Kachin, but Todoroki is... His storyline, I feel like, is a lot better than Deku's and Kachin's just because he has two quirks. But I feel like he's... He's like what, he's a two Dragon Ball, he's two uh, My Hero Academia as who Future Trunks is to Dragon Ball Z. Like, when Future Trunks comes in, you know some stuff is about to go down. So it's like when you get Todoroki in an episode, you know something's about to happen. But My Hero Academia has actually been pretty good. I catch myself every now and then watching... uh the All Might versus Nomu scene. And that's where we get introduced to Plus Ultra. If you don't know what Plus Ultra is, watch that scene and you will understand because All Might definitely uh had to let a big boy at Nomu know this ain't no cakewalk. And while we're on this whole My Hero Academia thing, the movie uh, Two Heroes... I saw that and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. I love the plot twist on it. And All Might's always been cocky. That movie just confirmed it. Even when he was young, you know, he was cocky. FYI, there will be some spoiler alerts on this. So if you haven't seen the movie, you might want to fast forward quite a bit. But... The movie, obviously, it takes place in between the second and third season, which I wasn't sure when it took place. I'm kind of glad I was able to find that out. But it was it was a nice little the movie was good. There was a, a decent plot twist in it. Obviously, if you've seen the trailer, then the guy that's in the car with All Might happens to be his friend, uh, Professor Shield. And he's the one that had always been designing All Might suits. So. The movie is pretty much just what they're not going to tell you. Um, I'll get into that in a second. But it's pretty much about this uh, this uh, island where all the greatest minds in the world are on there. And they just build all... They, build, they just build a bunch of cool stuff. And obviously, as you know, if you watch My Hero Academia, All Might is losing his power. Well, he's not able to stay in, you know, his uh, his quirk form as long as he used to. So All Might is there in particular so that he could see if his friend, Russ Shields, was able to figure out if there's something that he can do to stop the progression or at least slow it down. And throughout the movie, he has this daughter who happens to be helping... Um, Deku, she shows them around and everything. And if you know, Deku can't use right now more than 5% of his uh, power. If he does, you know, he breaks something. 
she gives him this gauntlet that goes on his hand and he can go all out, but it's only, it only works on his right arm. So during the movie, these people come and they take over this island. Somehow they are able to sneak in and they take over the island. Come to find out, Professor Shield is the one behind it because he wants to get this device that will be able to help All Might use his power without, you know, hurting himself or worrying about a time limit. And some more stuff happens. There's a whole nother twist to that, which I won't give. But I love the way it ended with uh, Deku and All Might giving a um, double Detroit smash. Which on Jump Force, I've been playing that. And it's... I can't use Deco on there. Hopefully they put All Might on now in the next update. So that's been pretty cool. That movie was good. Like I said, it wasn't as good as Dragon Ball Super Broly. We'll talk about that another day. But there's an anime that I've been told to watch. And I've been told by at least three or four people, which is uh, Kill la Kill. So maybe next episode, I'm definitely going to talk about that one. Or at least let you know my thoughts on it. But the best thing I can say is all the anime I've watched so far has been pretty good. And it's a lot of it out there. Just like regular TV shows that come on Fox, TNT, USA, The CW. You know, it just has a variety of it. All right, but I'm going to get on to my last topic, which is always going to be music. And I know last week I talked about me loving to listen to, uh, like, certain artists for rap. Well, I love some R&B. And I mean, outside of everyone, everyone loves, you know, Chris Brown, Trey Songs, um, you know, even the old school, you know, Mint Condition, uh, um, let's see who else. Drew Hill, Boys to Men, you know, Temptations. You know, those those like that's that's always gonna be a staple. And don't get me wrong, I'm I love old school RB. Like I love it. You know, Luther Vandross, and I listen to it from time to time, but it's not something I will always have as my first go-to, not because I don't like it, but because I'm starting to realize you listen to the music you most will grow up with. And obviously, you know, Tyrese and Usher, Miguel have been, for my generation, at least, I think, in particular, uh, Usher. I remember we were at daycare one day and the our particular teacher, our, yeah, daycare teacher. She happened to be like, well, whoever can be quiet the longest, I'll bring them a Usher. I'll, you know, they'll win an Usher CD. So me not really listening to Usher much, I'm like, oh, I want to win this CD. And I happened to win it and um, come find out it was his uh, actual, well, his second album, which was my way. Yeah, he actually has an album before that, but it was when he was a lot, lot younger. But... That's when Usher definitely became one of my favorite artists. And I like that he's been able to transform himself and stay up with uh, with the times. 
Tyrese, I I really never liked Tyrese. I didn't know Tyrese was a singer because I used to really think music videos were real life. For instance, that um I forget which R. Kelly video it was with Mr. Biggs when he beat R. Kelly's behind. He had him in a um a wheelchair. That was how real I thought music videos were back in the day. And then that happened. And then I think I got, I think it was what song was it? Sweet Lady that Tyrese sang. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, so me being a kid, I'm like, oh, they really don't like each other, but they're both singing. How does this work out? But those, those are two artists I definitely listen to a lot as far as R&B. Uh, Miguel, I remember watching him perform on One and Six in Park. I think it was um, Sure Thing. And I didn't really think he could sing that good. And then I heard his album, and it was the uh, Girl with the Tattoo interlude. And that's literally when I was like, you know what? He got it. He got it. And since then, I honestly think that's been his best album, which was his first one. And then Division, spelled DVSN, is uh, signed to a Drake's label, OVO. And I like their, I love, I love their music. I love his music. He, if you've heard the song Faithful from Drake's uh, album, uh, Views, then he's the one at the end where they literally changed the beat. And he just, he just sings. And it's cool to see a lot of artists, like when they sing or perform live, for instance, Miguel, I don't think I've seen him perform live or heard anything from him live yet. But Division performed on something called like Tiny Desk, where it pretty much is like a 12 minute concert of him with, you know, backup singers. And I think it was the song Body Smile. Mind you, he's singing with a grill in. So I, I like, I love me some R&B. Don't get me wrong. I was definitely, I definitely listen to Chris Brown and Trey Songs. I think I like Trey Songs um, mixtapes a little bit better than the actual albums. But some of these, some, some I, I like music a lot, obviously, as you can see. Because uh, Juice World just came out with his uh, new album, Death Race for Love. And I enjoyed every bit of it. I mean, a few of my favorite songs, obviously, On God, Future and Young Thug, Fast, and Who Shot Cupid. Those are the three that stuck out to me the most. But the album overall was pretty good. I Like I say, I enjoyed listening to it. It's one of those albums where it's it's like a, just a chill session. You know, you just sit back, relax at the house, and just throw it on and... 15, 20 minutes later, you're like, oh, snap, I'm seven, eight songs into the album already. And so it's that kind of feel. It's almost like, a, whose album was that? The uh, ASAP Rocky's album. It's almost like you don't notice the transition in songs until you actually look at your phone or your computer or something. Another person just came out with the album. And it's funny, I mentioned this on my last, on the last, on first episode was uh, Toby Weegway, how he does his little freestyle. Every Sunday, he'll release a new song. And I'll tell you this, he did that same exact thing this uh, past week. 
called Three Originals. And the thing I like about all those albums from just the originals, more originals, and obviously this one is, yeah, every song has already been released out there, but you get so caught up in knowing he's going to put out new content every week that you kind of forget to go back and listen to the other songs. So once he puts it out, you're like, yeah, all right, it's all in one place, which I have Apple Music, so I literally will download the song every week as they come out and i'll listen to them here and there but then it's it's different i guess it's just different when you see it in an album form but yeah that definitely came out what else i did like about it was he didn't mention that it was coming out you know he just dropped the album now another one of my favorite artists his album comes out march 22nd and I'm happy. I'm excited for that. Like it's, it's been a long time for me waiting for this one because I think the last one that came out was Christopher. This is Don Tripp who I'm talking about, by the way. And his name is actually uh, Christopher Wallace. But he's from Memphis. He's not, you know, the notorious B.I.G. But um, his album comes out, what, March 22nd? Don't Feed the Gorillas. And... He only has one single out right now, which is uh, where I come from. And I'm surprised. I didn't expect him, I didn't expect that to drop at all. Just because he, a lot of these artists are not mainstream. So when their music comes out, you know, it's almost like a surprise for everybody. And I'm excited for this album just because, like I said, it's been a long time since he's put some content out, which I think is good for a lot of artists to do. Unless you're on top of the game and you are able to do that, then do it. I mean, we had that period where Lil Wayne put out album after album after album after mixtape, album, mixtape, mixtape. And he pretty much just solidified himself as, you know, to me as the GOAT. And I was just very much still impressed that he was able to do that i mean people are like oh Lil wayne you know how can he be the greatest and this and that no eminem is no my thing is and i'm not knocking eminem either because I, I like eminem too but when you can take somebody else's song and turn around and make it yours like he did what he took two beyonce songs and made them his he did Sweet Dreams. That was with uh, him and Nicki Minaj. Obviously, he left Beyonce's first verse and Nicki Minaj had the second verse and then he had the third verse. But he also did Upgrade You. Um, So I'm sure if a lot of you who listen to Lil Wayne listen to those mixtapes, you probably don't even sing the Beyonce version of that um, Upgrade You. And if you do, then shoot more power to you because every time... Whenever that song does come on, I'm sitting there catching myself singing Lil Wayne's version. But yeah, just to wrap up this uh, this episode, I just want to thank everybody for listening. And eventually, I'm gonna have a few guests on here. Uh, more so, there'll be a it'll be some local artists. You know, I know a few people out there right now. It's just all about getting them scheduled. And yeah. Just be looking out for, you know, the third episode should be out maybe 
you know, a couple weeks because I definitely do want to get somebody on the next one or please just not be me. So yeah. thanks for listening. This is Spanimous and Slim Skywalker, you know. There's girls, no. There's girls, no. Wanna take Drake in this bitch, man? Alex. Uh.